0: Welcome to I4O. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to episode 72 of I4O. It's a relatively slow week in technology this week. Nothing too crazy going on. Um, We have some news from Google, some information. We have some just a report about Paul Allen, just to talk about him briefly. Um, and there's some more information on every programmer's favorite language, PHP, and some more news about Google. Um, but yeah, I'm sharing this wonderfully slow weekend news with me is none other than Jeff. How's it going? Always glad to do a show with you.
1: Oh, thanks, man. Hey, Matt. Hey, viewers (laughs) and listeners. Hope everybody's doing well out there in this, uh, suddenly brisk October on the East Coast.
0: Yeah. Uh, I, saw, and, uh, I saw. Urban is in spirit with us. Yeah,
1: he is. He's LAX. In, yeah, he's he's in Los Angeles airport right now, tuning in, I believe, and hopefully uh, joining us via stream chat. You know, I heard yeah. uh, just to lead off with a little meme. I saw one recently that said that the weather is going from 90 to 55. Like, I just saw a state trooper. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's true. It's really weird. Like, I. I don't think we got over in the East coast. I don't think we got a fall. Like it went from summer to late fall pretty much instantly
1: after these brutal winters we've had. I consider this fall right now.
0: (laughs) Yeah. 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 Last year was, was pretty rough, but I, I still feel cheated out of like the nicer sort of cool days, but not really cool days. Like the ones where you can still sit in front of a fire and it's not like rainy and snowy and, and all that stuff. Right. Um, yeah, for anybody who hears that noise in the background who wasn't a part of the, the pre show, uh, my dog is currently chewing on this like rubber toy. So if yeah. you hear that, that's just what's going on back there. And she's uh, <laughs> named Liza and she's an honorary member of I40 now. She's, yeah. she's the honorary fifth member of the podcast. She's yeah. the mascot. <laughs> when we get merch, she's getting the first sweater. I'm okay with that. <laughs> um, but yeah, we should jump straight into uh, the first topic because this is a technology podcast. (laughs) (laughs) And um We have some follow-up from the Google event. Mm-hmm. I know we were talking last week about doing a potential emergency episode if Google had decided to drop the largest PR bomb ever done and completely 180 on all of their devices. But as you, the listener, and you, Jeff, know, we did not do that. <laughs> so... Um, Google's <laughs> phones arrived exactly as expected. No surprises on that end. Yeah. Uh, and it's good to see that Irvin in the chat's confirming the, the real puppeteer behind the podcast. Yeah. Liza, <laughs> <As> Liza. secretly <laughs> runs the show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, the Pixel 3 is exactly as it was leaked. Yep. Um, I was really, really hoping that there was something that was just going to blow my mind. During yeah. this event, um, don't get me wrong, there were some cool stuff that happened, but um, it was a lot more underwhelming than I had initially thought. As soon as I saw that notch, my heart just sank. <laughs> it's so big. <laughs> um, I have yet to see the... I want to like go to a Best Buy or to a Verizon store at some point over the next day or so and actually like see it in my hands. Because from what all the reviewers are saying online, uh, that notch is much less intrusive when you actually see it in person versus when it's on video like it's when you when you're recording it it looks way worse is what they're saying yeah i I just feel like i need to see it in person
1: even if you like scroll down in that uh web page you have opened it that little thumbnail that video there the notch doesn't even look too obstructive i mean
0: yeah my complaint was, it looks like the icons have a lot of wasted space around them, like yeah. they're not pushed up against the top of the screen. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, maybe that that could be customizable with like a
1: launcher or something like that. Who knows? But
0: yeah, yeah, I would think so. And and there's some there's some customizable launchers that are already being made that like hide that notch in like an effective way. Because huh. like the the LG V thirty, I think, or V thirty five, or whichever the latest one that lg makes um they have an option in their settings where you can actually just turn that into an oled panel so you see all of your icons as like up there still but it's just oh it just oleds it out along the the notch at the top so like kind of hides it in a nice stylish way but um this one is definitely a little bit bigger um but I, i don't know like am kind of okay with notches. Yeah, I
1: was just going to say the same thing like as much as we rag on them, like I mean, you could just have no screen space up there,
0: right? Yeah, and uh, I was watching the review that The Verge did uh the other day when when the embargo was lifted on the on like the press reviews and I agree completely with the sentiment that they had where basically it's not as it's not what what the and not whether the phone has a notch or not it's whether the phone justifies the fact that it has a notch like does the notch being there justify the fact that it's as big as it is yeah and the fact that there's two lenses in there i can i could say that that's a justification for it especially considering um if you look at them up close versus say like the iphone 10s the lenses themselves are a little bit bigger. So there needs to be more space in there for the hardware, but it doesn't have all that, all those sensors and infrared and dot projection equipment that is packed into as tiny of a notch as the 10, for example, right? 10 S. Right. So it's, you could say one way or the other, it's, it's a, it's a trade off and it's not at the same time, but I mean, I, I had no issue with it when I saw it on video and yeah. Um, but I, what I am curious is to see how it feels in the hand. Yeah, That's something that not many people talked about. And a lot of people have been saying that since this is now a glass phone, like first off, I want to know what like that anodized brushed glass on the back to replicate that, like the metal on the back of the Pixel 2 feels like just because it gives it that same texture. And then at the same time, like they say it feels heavier too. So I want to see if it like is a more premium feeling phone
1: yeah that will be interesting to see but i mean away from notches and materials for a second back to the the leaks in general it's Mm -hmm. is it surprising to you that there were so many leaks on this phone that wound up being completely accurate well before it was even released at this conference
0: i mean it's like yeah i I think it's bad like they just had no ability to contain those secrets and like I don't know if it's because of the the type of people that are attracted to like a Pixel phone versus another phone, they're more enthusiasts, and somebody would be more likely to want to be the person to leak it. Or like, and there's some cases where the one person left it in the back of an Uber, and like Google had like a Best Buy accidentally sold somebody a Chromecast, and like everything leaked. And like, I feel like next year there's going to be a push for some kind of a damage control um apple's done stuff like that before in the past where ironically enough a a couple of years ago um an internal email about not leaking things had leaked so the people had seen that there is there is training going on at these corporations to promote not leaking any information do you think Um, could this have been a publicity stunt to
1: get people to be more interested in their event whether or not these leaks would be true or maybe just to get them talking about the phone longer before they had their big unveiling
0: yeah i would have said maybe not but had they not leaned into that real hard with that video that came out the day before the the event yeah like they not like leaned into the rumors as hard as they did i would have said it's not a publicity stunt so but
1: that makes sense to me that they did that because i mean if, if people are leaking your product and you know that they're right, what else are you going to do? You're going to just kind of try and hype up that story, I guess, for your own benefit. But yeah. the actual leaks themselves, like, that, I mean, they they all appear to be human error or, like, something of that nature for the most part. Mm-hmm. Do you think Google played any
0: part in that? Uh, I mean, I don't know how much of it is that so much as it is just, like, everything leaks out of the the case companies and from chinese factories and all that stuff anyway so Mm -hmm. uh, i think we were bound to hear something Mm -hmm. uh, but i just think that like the amount of leaks is unprecedented um i don't think we'll see this again for the pixel 4 or or ongoing
1: yeah i I would agree with that but one one thing that is cool that was announced that has existed in other phones, but now is available on pixels is the wireless charging, mm-hmm. which I think is pretty sweet because, um, you know, obviously it's still going to have a cord to the charger itself, but those cords staying in the phone can be frustrating at times. And if you want to, I don't know, use it for headphones with, a um, you know, a dongle or something like that, being able to charge it wirelessly at the same time would be helpful. Yeah.
0: So. And once they get, the concept of wireless charging, I think, fits so perfectly in with like sitting the phone on your nightstand when you go to bed. Yes. I because agree. like, I can't tell you how many times I've dropped phones by like trying to either plug it in or unplug it in like my <laughs> tired stupor, like half asleep at the end, at the side of the bed. Like Just be, like the cable alone um, was pretty much the reason why I dropped the phone. But the fact that if it's wireless, you just pick it up off the charger and it's it's fine and that's that yeah and
1: like at at your desk at work or something like that would be another spot where it'd be good to have that um i've always wanted a phone that can wirelessly charge and had i stuck in the apple game a little longer i would have been there but now that it's coming to the uh the pixel realm i'm kind of excited
0: yeah now it seems to be a standard function among all the flagship devices um there's Pretty much, I think pretty much every phone has it. Uh, I, I don't know off the top of my head if the OnePlus devices are going to have wireless charging or if they already do. I, I just haven't been keeping up with those. But um, those are mid-range anyway. But the Samsung devices, Apple, and now the Pixel devices, which are probably considered for most people to be the top three flagship devices, yeah, um, is they all have adopted wireless charging as so, they should. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think 2019 will be the year of wireless charging, yeah. probably. And also of uh, AI-assisted calling. Yeah. Every <laughs> every phone manufacturer now seems to be embedding some kind of uh, augmented uh, artificial intelligence chip or, like, dedicated hardware in their device. Like, the um, Google now has the updated visual core, which they worked with Intel to develop Um, to power their camera technology right you have huawei embedding an ai in there just for machine learning purposes apple's got its own chip in there as well google now has the titan chip which is a security chip dedicated hardware on the the motherboard of the device itself um but yeah it's It's definitely going in a very interesting direction and the technology since these phones are all basically the same the same boring black slab of a device it's interesting to see how these companies are trying to stay innovative by embedding these technologies in those devices well
1: one big way that google's trying to do that here is with this duplex feature which is Mm -hmm. that the ai voice calling where like you can ask your assistant to make your reservations or what have you that i think was one of the coolest things they announced all year. Well, we we caught wind of this a little while ago, but the actual yeah. announcement of it is is it's exciting and it's being released on a city by city basis. Those cities have yet to be announced, but it should be coming to most big cities in the near future yeah.
0: i would think. Yeah. Which is one thing that's important to note though is that we will get some kind of a functionality um, sooner than that, which in their, um, the spam call screening functionality that they were talking about adding mm-hmm. in. So like what that is, is there'll be a third option when answering a phone to screen the call and <laughs> that will have the assistant answer that line for you. And, um, you can like get a live transcription of the phone conversation between the person who's on the other line and the Google assistant, which I think is the coolest thing ever. Cause like, I could see that being a punch to the gut for any people who get or any spam calling companies or people who get that kind of stuff.
1: My question is, does AI have empathy? Can one AI spam caller say to the Google (laughs) assistant and be like, come on, man, I work off commission.
0: Yeah. yeah and it, it, what would you do if it picked that up in the transcription like what would, would you answer the call and like console the man or like, <laughs> or what would you do <laughs> uh, i don't know man i'd be pretty uh
1: torn there i guess i was kind of making a joke though if like the the one bot call on the
0: one side mm-hmm. was saying it worked off commission though Oh, the actual two robots talking to each other exactly i thought thought you were talking about like the call the call tech guy on the other one (laughs) just meltdown to the assistant. (laughs) that would be pretty crazy
1: but for all you you people out there who stare at your phone while it's ringing and you don't answer it and you don't hit the end button because you don't want to let them know that you acknowledge the call by hitting end there's a third feature
0: now you can just pass it off to the assistant Yeah. yeah Um, and the cool thing is that this is going to be rolling backwards to earlier pixel models. Yeah, definitely so, cool. So you and I will get this functionality. And I'm definitely going to try that out when it comes.
1: I was going to say, I'm going to try and call you and let you screen it.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll we'll still do a, a call screening. That'll be fun. I want to test that out. Um, they're also uh, rolling out a couple other things that, just to stay on the pixel, just because there were several announcements around <laughs> that. Mm-hmm. Um, they're rolling out a couple of new camera tricks for the pixel. Um, One of them is like the night shot where it's going to be able to get like really high resolution night mode photos by taking a series of high contrast images and blending it with the original. Right. Um, There's also like the advanced zoom functionality. Um, There's that top shot, which lets you, it'll try to use AI to pick like the best photo out of like the series of events leading up to you hitting the shutter button. Um, it's it was it's some cool stuff. Like it seems less of like a true upgrade to a device, and more of like kind of akin to how iOS does like or Apple does like the the S line of phones. Like it seems like they took a bunch of the features that made the Pixel too good and perfected them. Yeah. Instead of focusing on completely redoing their design, which is and, awesome. Yeah, and considering it, it's not a full generational update, so and a large number of these updates are going to be coming back to owners of the pixel 2 devices too so um it's nice to see that they're not ignoring those users which is
1: cool yeah because i mean when i look at the price tag on these things and i hear about what's new in them i mean obviously there's that itch like oh i want the latest pixel but i don't know if it's enough for me to bite on going from a two to a three but um maybe for
0: someone who hasn't used a Pixel yet that's been thinking about it, this would be enough to get them to do that. Yeah, I know a couple people at work who plan on getting this device. Some of them are coming from the first gen Pixel, some of them are coming from a, a OnePlus device. So it definitely has its has its like lore to it. And also the fact that Pixel has basically established itself as the de facto like standard in the industry for what A good smartphone camera really is yeah so um that's something that's definitely nice um there's there wasn't a whole lot else with the pixel the the other big thing was the the pixel stand which was the uh wireless charging platform that it has which essentially turns the the pixel 3 into what appears to just be like an alarm clock essentially yeah Um, it gives you some google assistant stuff but it's not too crazy
1: and then um, they also had the the home hub that was announced outside of yeah. the pixel um which is a smart display which is basically like a picture picture framed, uh integrates with your google photos and uh has a visual version of your assistant and things of that nature uh you can you know do things like look at youtube on there and control uh smart gadgets like your smart home devices um around your house
0: and yeah, just... I, I want to see this thing in person. It looks like it'll be a lot smaller than um than it looks like in the photos. Yeah, because it's only a seven-inch screen, which is a half an inch bigger than the iPhone XS Max. Right,
1: which again made me wonder, do I really need this thing, even though it seems cool? But yeah,
0: uh, one important thing to note with this, if that helps your purchasing decision, is that it has uh, the Google Home. Is it will set like the actual home itself will sound better than this. Um, the Google home has I think uh, two or three speakers. If you were to like unscrew the bottom cap of the f- device, you'll see those speakers. This one only has one speaker and it fires out the back of the device. Um, right. So it's not gonna sound as clear. Um, another thing that's important to note is it's like it's small and it's not it, it's it's a great device for like controlling the home, if, if you are very well connected right. with Google services, which is very unlike Google, which I thought was interesting, or like it's it's one of the devices, like one of the first devices that like really leans into like, hey, buy our stuff. Yeah, and if you like your assistant-based home, but you're more of a visual
1: person than an audio person or oral person, then this could be a viable option for you. If you don't care about the three speakers and you're good with one, you can you want to see the the weather and your, your route to work and what traffic there is and things like that on the screen.
0: Um, yeah,
1: this is another option for you. So,
0: yeah. And this plays YouTube (laughs) unlike (laughs) some of the echo devices, which will both gain and lose YouTube multiple times throughout this year, probably (laughs) just because Google decides to throw that switch whenever they want on Amazon. Yeah. Um, but it's only one fifty, which I thought was, it's not too bad it's no. a little more expensive in the home but yeah um, it's definitely got an appeal to it um, the pixel slate I wasn't really blown away by its yeah. more it's like it's, uh, it's the the best of essentially the updated um, pixel tablet um, I'm trying to think of the, the full name for that but combined with the Chromebook it's just running Chrome OS right um, some of the reviewers said it was kind of buggy so I'm assuming we'll see more reviews when that actually releases as well. Um but that is gonna be starting for uh it's saying navy blue colors at five ninety
1: nine. Yeah, five ninety nine, but with no keyboard or stylus. So yeah. key- keyboard's the... an extra one ninety nine, stylus is an extra ninety nine.
0: That's so expensive for a detachable keyboard.
1: Two hundred dollars. And... Well, it's kind of expensive for a Chrome OS tablet, too.
0: Yeah, that's true. You're yeah, right. Yeah, but... Yeah. It's cheaper than the Pixelbook, which is something that's important, I think, to note. It's true. It's got, it seems like it has more features, and uh, the keyboard looked like it was similar to that of like one of the newer MacBooks. So I can't say much to the build quality of it, but it looks like it is a really nicely built piece of hardware. But for like... it's not not really for me
1: for like a lightweight mobile professional setting. I think it would be pretty cool, but
0: Yeah. Ironically enough, like one of the more interesting pieces of of hardware that I took away from this Google event that uh was mentioned in this article as well, um was the new earbuds that now come with every Pixel device when you purchase them, the the Pixel 3s. So, that the I thought that was like out of everything that I saw, I thought that was the coolest because it carries all the functionality of the Pixel Buds, um, but it's but w- in, it's wired, right? In a cheap wired pair of buds, yeah. And like, not only is it is it very versatile and um and like har- carries all that functionality, but the best part in my opinion about it is the fact that it's thirty dollars. So, like, that is, I think, one of the cheaper USB C earbuds that are available when you look at at least Google Store. Um, I can't say the same for anything you might find on Amazon, but uh, if they're, it's basically just a wired version of the Pixel Buds, which sound fine for me. And yeah, I, I, have, I have headphones that go over my ears that are over $200. So. Yeah. <laughs> So if they sound fine for me, then they'll sound fine for anybody who's just buying this phone and gets it for free with their device. So, I think those—that's something I might be interested
1: in purchasing. Um, yeah, because mm-hmm. I'm pretty positive it's compatible with <laughs> Pixel 2, right? So yeah, definitely. Yeah,
0: yeah, and so. it, it, you still get all that gesture fun- functionality. Also, um, I'm pretty sure this would even work on like a Samsung device. Interesting. Also, it. <laughs> It works on the new MacBook, <laughs> unlike the headphones that come with the iPhone. <laughs> Ouch. Yeah. yeah. So these that, that's what I thought was hilarious about it, that they work with a MacBook. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's that that was the, the Google event in a nutshell. There was mm-hmm. some other minor things uh, that were announced and that news is all over the Internet. You, if you go on YouTube, you'll find reviews of the Pixel. If you go on like The Verge or on any of the tech websites, you'll find plenty of coverage um, for the rest of the event if you wanted to see it in more detail. And I think also Google published the entire event to their YouTube channel. So you can go back and watch that again if you really, really liked it. Um, But that was Google. Um, We still have some more on Google, but that's coming later. Yeah, that was Um, the Google event and Pixels, etc yeah <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah so i did want to get into another topic and i i never know like how to like roll into these topics and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm definitely avoiding any of the like dad joke-esque segues that are that are very expected of my transitions but it is definitely something worth at least mentioning um just because of his impact on the industry but um the other day, on the fifteenth of October, we lost Paul Allen at the age of sixty-five to non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Um, he, I did not, I didn't know that he owned the Portland Trail Blazers and the Seattle Seahawks. I didn't know that. Yeah, me um, neither. And he also had a stake in the Seattle Sounders, their uh, MLS team, the Major League Soccer. Um, but he like tweeted the other day. Um, that he was really optimistic about the treatment. He said it came back and he was saying that the doctors and him expect a full recovery. And then a week later, this happens. So like, that's just something that like, just just goes to show like how fast this stuff moves um, and how quickly it can take someone. um, Even if they're at the, the, the health and wealth of not to avoid a rhyme, but of Paul Allen, so like I mean this man wasn't exactly broke so he can definitely <laughs> afford good medicine yeah but that's like it's it's a shame because that he was only 65 and that's by today's standards that's young So I yeah. agree you know. yeah it's an un- unfortunate it's
1: obviously sad that he's uh, passed on but he did a lot of good for the
0: world um, yeah he was the co-founder of Microsoft which, if you didn't
1: know that, yeah, yeah, that was definitely a good mention there to say that, uh, mm-hmm. co-founder of Microsoft, yeah.
0: Um, and just own a bunch of sports teams. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. Um, <laughs> he did a lot of uh, support and research of artificial intelligence and other like new uh, technologies and you know technologies being developed that weren't too far explored yet. Um, and he also uh, invested a lot in Seattle's cultural institutions, as well as revitalizing parts of that city so uh, definitely Mm. someone
0: who made a positive impact yeah he definitely took a he definitely took a, a couple pages from bill gates's journal when it came to being a philanthropist in his post success life so that's definitely something that's gonna he'll leave a positive mark on pretty much every aspect of the stuff that he was working on um he's he was 44th on Forbes 2018 list of billionaires with an estimated net worth of more than 20 billion. So he wasn't, he was doing pretty good for himself. Yeah, I'd say so. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, that's like, it's just crazy with like just how fast that stuff happens. It is. Um, And like it always, it's it's always terrible to lose those people. And I feel like it's going to start happening more often now that we're, getting upwards of 50 years from the foundation of a lot of these companies. Um, so it's an unfortunate part of life, but, um, it's, it's good to know the, like to remember these people, the impact they had on the industry. And basically I, 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 I could, put up an argument that without people like Paul Allen, we don't have a podcast. So. Yeah, I Hmm. Um, But yeah, just to avoid dwelling too much on it, if anybody does want to read up on it, this is a a really well-written article by CNBC with a lot of tributes in there from people who knew them and just uh, tweets from various people throughout the industry. Um, So if anybody wants to follow up on that, they can uh, check up on this article as well. Um, But we should move on to other topics because we do have to get the show done sure
1: let's uh talk a little
0: bit about php (laughs) yeah so um it looks like uh, we may see a lot of web-based hacking going on in 2019 surprise Um, surprise yeah uh so around i think it's exactly at the end of the year december 31st 2018 um php 5.x branch um which is arguably the most popular branch of the PHP uh, software running on most websites now is going to uh, no longer be receiving security updates. So that's fun. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And knowing how quickly Google can get other companies to adapt Android, it's, I can only imagine how slow getting every website running 5.x PHP to move upwards into the new one like how many of them are even being monitored anymore yeah well that's the question ones that are yeah. used are kept up with well we're gonna find out if yeah. I were to find a vulnerability in this php it's it's possible that they may not find a vulnerability in php 5.x but um judging by just the level of detail and the level of intensity of some of the breaches that we've covered even just in the span of this podcast existing like i wouldn't be surprised if given enough time people can find a way to breach this because now that now that it's no longer receiving security updates there's incentive to do it right
1: yeah and for anyone who doesn't know um php stands for hypertext preprocessor it's kind of like a play on acronyms there, but, Mm -hmm. uh, initially it stood for a personal homepage and, uh, it's a server side scripting language for web development, which is why Matt is, uh, discussing websites right now.
0: Yeah. Hold on one second. There's a little bit of noise in the background, Uh, (laughs) but, um, fight right through it. All right. It's fine. Um, so yeah, so it's, I, I don't it's it's it really just comes down to negligence on the part of other websites yeah so like i i can easily see this going in any different number of directions whether these sites decide to do it or not but i'm i'm curious to see if as a result of this if they do find a breach if there are any like high profile breaches i'm sure there will be yeah and like if if they if they find that we'll, we'll probably put another PSA out at the end of the year just to make sure if any for any if any reason any web admins or sysadmins are listening to our podcast, um, then we'll have to. I feel like it's we should do this just to see if we can at least make some of a difference, right? Because I would I would love to go a full year without reporting on a breach, but that's not going to happen.
1: I mean, I think it's going to take these. Um big website hosting platforms updating their minimum requirement of PHP versions to really make a difference with this. Um, Three big ones are WordPress, Joomla, and Drupal, and only Drupal has made the official um, requirement to upgrade to PHP 7. The other two do not. Um, Joomla has a requirement of PHP 5.3 where WordPress has 5.2, both of which fall under this umbrella of susceptible to a lack of future patching. Um, so until um, platforms like that update their requirement, uh, users who probably don't know any better aren't even gonna think about it and their websites are gonna be vulnerable. There's yep. a lot of people who have websites on things like WordPress out there. Oh <laughs> yeah. yeah, a lot so, of companies too. Yeah, that's what I mean. So think about, you know, all these data breaches we've been hearing about these companies that you don't think of as tech companies, but then when you think about it, they have a lot of user traffic and user data. I think we're gonna see a lot more of that
0: when it comes to yeah. this. That was like when um it like it may be completely different technically, but it just reminds me of and I have flashbacks to the Cloudflare breach when you saw services like Spotify go down. Yeah. Um, because they were able to DDoS those servers, like if that's possible, and they're able to take down a site like WordPress, how many websites get shut down across the internet? Just if they were to find a breach, or worst-case scenario, if they're able to find a way to pull uh, personally identifiable information through uh, through PHP, like the possibilities could be endless. I if- think that's the more likely of the two.
1: I don't think they'd do something as blatant as bring down WordPress when they could have some, you know. Uh, Injection or manipulation of the code being used by all those websites hosted on WordPress. Yeah. Because then all of those users get aggregated into targets as opposed to just bringing down
0: WordPress. Yeah. (laughs) But. So it looks like anybody who's got a website may want to consider upgrading to Drupal or uh, getting in touch with WordPress and asking them if they do plan on. Uh, increasing their standard to 7.1 and or if, greater or 7.x.
1: If you need um, a metaphor, think Windows XP because Windows XP lost its support a long time ago and now look
0: at it. Like, it's a double whammy. I'll bet you yeah. there's some web servers running on Windows XP <laughs> with with PHP 5.x. I'm sure that's true. Um, <laughs> hopefully
1: for, um, you know cybersecurity testing purposes only but probably not um but yeah this is probably gonna wind up being like a hacker sandbox so Mm -hmm. if you are hosting a website or know someone who is i would look into this
0: yeah and i like the quote that they have in this article where it says while some wordpress security experts are alarmed about the impending end of life for php 5.6 branch and the entire 5.x uh, indirectly, uh, the one person in this article, Murphy, is not one of them. He says, "As a, P- a PHP vulnerability, I would need would need to be would indeed be very bad, but there hasn't been any that I know of in recent history." <laughs> and there's a, a phrase that I like to say, which is "famous last words." <laughs> yeah. So. And hopefully, he doesn't eat those words later.
1: So what's worse about this potentially than some other things is it's uh, a means for sending data back and forth from a client to a server like from a website so you enter data in a field and then when you hit submit or what have you php's action in some circumstances is to take that data and take it back to the server for entry so you kind of have both sides of the equation vulnerable if there's an issue here
0: yeah yep so i mean well uh, all we can do is wait and see yeah to see if this actually gets any worse than it is but i mean uh, i'm I'm keeping my fingers crossed that there's no vulnerabilities but yeah I, i don't think it's gonna i think we're gonna hear about at least one i am i'll go on record
1: and say i'm certain we're gonna hear about a lot of them yeah yeah
0: we'll we'll rein it in with with a whole bunch of fanfare when we start <laughs> i mean you we'll remember, have the uh, the days since a php vulnerability was found counter you remember you remember all the SQL
1: injection vulnerability stories yeah yeah so that's a similar deal between client and server and there was mm-hmm. a lot of that and a lot of like things like usernames and passwords and you know uh, personally, identifiable information being gathered in that way. So
0: that be like a man-in-the-middle
1: attack? Um, not exactly. Uh, SQL injection it was actually like in fields like username and password. <clears throat> you mm-hmm. would pass you would pass in like code instead of a username and a password.
0: Oh, um, so yeah, yeah, injection,
1: right? Yeah, so it actually yeah. modifies the backend code to do something else, which is basically to let you in or to give you information or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. So yeah
0: good lesson in input
1: sanitization yes and that's like
0: the xkcd article for bobby tables um one of my favorite xkcd articles did you see that one no you're gonna have to enlighten me here it's like um they had a xkcd article it's if you just search bobby tables um it's like the the woman named her son like drop table student dot star or something like a sequel statement to like <laughs> remove the student and they're like when we enrolled your student in our school it deleted our entire database and she's like oh there goes bobby tables again as we like to call them <laughs> that's amazing you're gonna have to send
1: me that so i can post that somewhere
0: yeah i'll um i'll find it and i'll put it in the show notes that's that's fantastic
1: yeah or uh or post it on twitter
0: yeah i'll put it on twitter that'll be better yeah yeah
1: okay yeah i'll do that at the end of the show anyway 62 percent of all internet sites potentially uh you know
0: running this unsupported version that's how we'll end that article yep (laughs) so 62 percent chance that we'll be reporting on a breach so we'll see 62 percent of the time all the time (laughs) (laughs) php gonna php (laughs) um but yeah so we have a little bit of follow-up just to tie this back to google there's a a few more just points to make on google and that's then we can call it a wrap for today but um we're starting to see the beginning of the end for inbox much to the dismay of myself and Urban. um (laughs) Because I am going to use this app until the bitter end. Um, but so, in the APKs that are showing up um, across the internet, I believe the primary source is likely APK Mirror, which is where a lot of the developers and companies publish the code before it goes to the Play Store. Um, once they get like final builds working, um, they're starting to drop functionality from Inbox. To make the transition a little more painless for people who are just now installing Inbox, so um, they a couple of these are removing the setting for blocking Gmail notifications. Uh, there is a setting in the in the menu where if you had both Inbox and Gmail installed, you could um, silence notifications coming from Inbox or from Gmail, so that way you didn't have like duplicate email notifications coming through on your device. Um, and then a couple of the messages that'll be shown to users to direct them towards the correct Google apps afterwards. So we're seeing that code start to appear as well. So when you open inbox, um, in future versions, um, you may start to get warnings saying like, Hey, this service is approaching end of life. If you want to keep using Google, um, email services, please go to this link and it'll take you to probably Gmail or something. Um, but yeah, it's starting to become real and and I'm going to deny it all the way. <laughs> well, all the way to the end.
1: You'll have to uh, give an update later when the inevitable end comes. Mm-hmm. You and Erin yeah. can shed tears
0: together on air. It'll be sad. It'll be real sad. It'll probably be right around the time we have a PHP breach too. <laughs> we'll have a jam-packed show coming in spring 2019. Oh, gosh. <laughs> um, but yeah, so this is due to be... Um, this is due to be taken out sometime in spring. I think next year was the official statement from Google. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I just hope that they carry more functionality over in inbox itself seems like it was more of a playground to, for Google to develop new features Yeah, um, and pass those features. The ones that worked really well over to gmail um so that way they knew for certain if like there's there's a couple of things that came through like the smart replies and functionality like that um came through (laughs) from google (laughs) and there's a there's some dismay in the chat uh from Irvin. yeah he's expressing his fear of of what happens when he will no longer have inbox. I can't and, tell
1: if that's a table falling over or like a piece of toast diving. <laughs> I can't tell. It does is. not look like a happy object, whatever <laughs> it is. Um, but yeah, <laughs> oh, it's a so, table being flipped. Sorry. No, is is that what it is? Yeah, it's it's called flip
0: this in Twitch. So, oh, man. Um, but yeah, Urban, it looks like we're gonna have to personally deal with receiving these pop-ups uh, to indicate that we'll have to move to Gmail eventually. So I'm sad about that. Um, there's going to be a countdown timer, at least, <laughs> on the device. Um, and this the, the article ends on a note, which I find to be funny. or um, it, it closes one of its points. It says, I wonder if Google Plus will get this same treatment or if they're just going to like... The guys, just gonna walk into the, the room where the the single Pentium processor server that Google Plus runs on, and just pull the cable from the wall I, and just walk out, and turn the lights off.
1: I don't know if there's anyone out there who's who cares about Google Plus. No. And if there is, like, I kind of want to do an interview with them just to be like, mm, what's your deal? Like, is this well, just like a, a
0: niche thing? Like, are you just trying to be counterculture here or what? <laughs> Urban used Google Plus a all- for a long time so we, we have our very own in-house google plus user so we can pick his brain next time he's on the episode and get some information as to why he might have like if if he feels like he'll miss it i mean he says he's since moved on to other curated news sources because he used it as a bit of a, a feed for <laughs> gathering information but sure. um, we'll see if if this has Impacted, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Slowly raise his hand with Google Plus. Yeah. So, we'll, well, we'll have to set up like a legit interview with Irvin, like sit him down and get cameras, like get the lighting all good and interview him about Google Plus. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we can do one of those things where we like blur out his face and distort his voice. Or just like the single light shining on him. Yeah. That works. Too. In an
0: interrogation style interview.
1: But back, kind of back to the, um, the inbox story here in, mm-hmm. in general. Um, I like this little header, don't forget Google Tasks. It's mm-hmm. a little little dad joke there. but uh, <laughs> Yeah, apparently um, one feature that people such as you and Irvin like is um, the tasks and uh, the ability to treat messages as if they were tasks for you to complete. Um, well, it looks like Google will be sending users or fans of that functionality to the Google Tasks app. Which will be inheriting some of that
0: functionality. Okay. So, yeah, so. I, I don't think I've ever used tasks in particular. Um, but I mean, more power to them. I never really used it anything in email as well. So, I don't know how much I would use that functionality, but um, it definitely um, feels like it's strange that they're going to be splitting that out into its own app instead of keeping it in gmail itself um but i mean i liked how gmail organized it i liked how i like how inbox handled it inbox kind of organized it in a way where it felt like you were um actioning the most important emails um it would be really nice if gmail had a like inbox setting where you could like flip the structure of your emails into this like fire and forget mode for inbox. Cause inbox was, I think that the thing that made inbox as good as it was, was that I didn't have to go through and set up all these ridiculous email rules. I didn't have to configure, um, like really anything at all. It just kind of organized the emails for me in a set of widely used categories. Um, That was the appeal for it for me i I didn't have to do anything to it it was like a set it and forget it type email client um everything was easy to find um the categories were listed and they would regularly rotate out so like your finances category or like any apps about that or if you got an important email would move the whole category to the top of your email list Right. right which i thought was nice um so I would love to see some kind of mirror for that functionality carried from Inbox into Gmail. Just kind of a set it and forget it, because I don't like I have enough rules set up for Outlook for work. I don't want to go and do it again for my personal email. They, my personal email is just all junk mail anyway. <laughs> there has been uh,
1: rumors that some functionality from. Uh, inbox will be ported to Gmail in due time, so yeah, you may not be as disappointed as you think,
0: but yeah, I just wonder what will get carried over. I've heard bundles, but I've yeah. heard too much else. Mm-hmm. So I mean, we'll see. It's yet to be seen as of right now, um, but I'm gonna I'm for sure going to be chronicling the the moonlighting of this app <laughs> all the way to the end. I will have the final release. Google can shut it down. I will still keep it on my phone. (laughs) (laughs) It was my favorite email client. um, (laughs) And arguably one of their better features. Um, I know Irvin agrees with me. As he has used it on both Android and iOS. Yeah. So. Yeah. So while that is the end of Inbox... um, It's the beginning of a new era for European Android developers and manufacturers. Um, Thanks to the antitrust lawsuits that are coming from the European Union, Google is now going to start charging device makers in Europe, a fee for using its applications in Europe. Um, And I feel like this is like, at first it seems like Google's just shamelessly trying to get more money, but Upon like reviewing this article in, in more detail and like reading more into this, it seems like this kind of was their only move. I was
1: gonna say, didn't they have to do this pretty much? Yeah.
0: So Yeah. Like a lot of people could say, like, oh, they're charging you for Android now, but it's like, no, Android's still free. You can still use Android. But when it comes to which Google apps you want to pull onto that device, whether it's the Play Store or um any of the like things like Chrome and the search functionality. uh, If you want that, it's a separate license fee from just the core apps that come from Android. So, I mean, and it makes sense that they would want to split this out. And if you want that Google functionality, um, it will make your device arguably more appealing because it's more connected with what makes Android as good as it is. Right. Um, And at the same time, if you, If you wanted to save some money, you have that option now. It's kind of like what Microsoft was doing um, with their Internet Explorer way, way, way back when, when the European Union took them down because Internet Explorer was the the first. um, It was the, the it was automatically installed in your Windows installation. I think that I don't know if that is all the way up until now or not, but in earlier versions of Windows, when you would first boot up windows it would ask you which browser that you wanted to use um and it would pull whichever one that you selected instead of installing internet explorer um, in the u.s we're a little less fortunate we get both internet explorer and edge (laughs) pre-installed on our machines so um actually i think i think internet explorer is yeah it's on my computer right now
1: you Um, can you can disable it
0: but lurking in the background yeah you can't disable Edge though, because it's the most secure browser according to Microsoft. So uh, yeah. I think it's a matter of time before Microsoft gets hit with a similar antitrust. Well again. Yeah, I guess so.
1: I mean they got hit with it. I'm just this is kind of like a repeat of I, I was just watching a documentary about this, but about um Microsoft back in the nineties getting in some trouble because they basically like like executed netscape by making internet explorer and like forcing windows users to use it um, mm-hmm. and they played their hand pretty well in court so that you know microsoft microsoft is still microsoft but looks like in uh the eu they're taking things pretty seriously right now so who's, who knows mm-hmm.
0: yep so i mean the, the the base like we were saying the base operating system is still free and open source but Um, there's a license fee for it. So if you, you get Android, but the Play Store and many of the other apps like Gmail, Google Maps, YouTube are bundled together under a paid agreement. And then Chrome in a bundle with the search app can be added on top of that for free, but it isn't required. So it's not like they're forcing Chrome and Google search down your throat. You can bundle it in. And I'm pretty sure also if you were to not elect to have this anybody who purchases that device could probably go into the play store and grab those anyway um they would have the option to be able to download them um i'm fairly certain those exist as standalone apps at least chrome does for sure Um, but it's it's not clear and they haven't exactly gone into detail just yet about how much these fees will cost that i it's still to be announced right uh but like, like we were saying, I'm, I think this is the only hand that they had to play.
1: I mean, I guess so. you know, one alternative would be maybe if they didn't charge for it, but they still had to make you choose to do it. I, yeah. But I don't know. I don't know. I don't know the logistics, honestly. So.
0: I feel like any other change would have required software changes to Android, and then there would be a, a European fork of Android, which okay. would just make the... the the fragmentation issue that Android has even worse Yeah, because then you'd have to update your EU software as well as your American software. Um, And then if you change the software to tailor Europe's needs, then you probably have other international issues when China's like, Hey, how about you help us out? (laughs) Oof. (laughs) Or Or like Russia or like Saudi Arabia or Iran or some other country. That's a little more strict in the control of the information and their people. Like are they, Are we gonna have like Google with like for Iran like underneath or something like that? Right. Or, or Google like for China or something like that. Uh, it's 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 opening a can of worms, and I think this is probably the best way to do it. I mean, I'm sure
1: that'll be probably somewhere in a configuration on the device itself, so it knows what yeah. to do. But
0: um, are you in a communist state? Yeah, yes. Like no. a
1: like a region style yes. XML, if you will. But um, <laughs> another. <laughs> yeah, I know. You're telling me. Another noteworthy change, um, which is mentioned sharing this Verge article we're sourcing, um, is that in the past, Google could require companies building phones um, that include the Play Store, that they could only build phones and tablets that included the Play Store, so they couldn't use like a, a different forked version of Android. Um, but now that's allowed. So if Samsung wants to build two versions or two different devices with maybe Google Play Store on one and another has uh Fire OS or what have you, as it's noted here in the article, they can do that in Europe.
0: So... I like the, the phrase they use, some wackadoo Galaxy Whack- phone. <laughs> wackadoo is how I'd say it. <laughs> yeah. Um. So it, it's interesting that they can fork. So Yeah. that does open up some opportunities for other countries, but. Um, it, it's still limited in terms of scope as to what they can do.
1: It's just going to uh, be interesting to see how this plays out and how we'll see that as the public. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously Google's going to know how it plays out for them and <laughs> their internal meetings. I'm sure they have some choice words to say about all of this, but yeah, it'll be interesting yep. to see what kind of coverage this gets and what kind of um, quantitative results we can see.
0: Yep. Yeah, and I don't... I'd be worried about what the impact of this and we, we didn't really talk about this yet. And the article goes into it a little bit, but uh, what the impact on the consumer is, because I feel like all these costs for licensing are just going to lead to a more expensive device. So this would only further inflate the cost of smartphones in Europe. And they're already more expensive than the U S as it is Mm -hmm. Um, just with the regulatory fees and, just standard, um, uh, even just importing it or exporting it, depending on where they're made. Um, this would only raise the price higher. So yeah, um, this isn't a very consumer-friendly thing, and this is just one side effect of the reach that the EU wants to have into its antitrust policies, which um, is where a lot of the criticism comes from. So uh, I'm in. I'm at this point. I'm indifferent because it's just expected of the EU. To yeah. have this really like heavy-handed antitrust mentality i like that uh, whether, whether like, it's right for the consumer or not I,
1: I like that i like that it's for the consumer whether or not these things they're putting in place actually benefit the consumer is up for debate but i like that at least that's what they're saying their intent is here um and also there there's some clarification here on what we were talking about earlier and um it's a spokesperson for the european commission it <clears throat> stated that Google is not required to charge for its apps or the Play Store. It mm-hmm. was just their responsibility to change the policies in order to comply with the ruling made. So they basically have to um, respect the decision that they allow other browsers and search engines to compete, uh, basically, with Google for a pre-install on Android devices. That's the mm-hmm. whole argument
0: here. Yeah. And that's where I wonder if now that the whole thing with Google is done, if they're going to turn their sites on Microsoft at some point. I can I can see that happening very easily. So, only time will tell. Maybe yeah. maybe twenty nineteen will be an exciting year after all for technology with all these PHP breaches and inbox going away and now um, the EU trying to take out antitrust
1: so i feel like uh maybe maybe with things like browsers but like i was the microsoft office came to mind when you were just talking about that i was like wait but don't they have partnerships with apple
0: on that like mm-hmm. so they have partnerships I, but more for like the stock image of windows yeah yeah i okay. agree on ID. that part yeah
1: yeah an edge and Cortana yeah,
0: maybe like maybe hey. admitting that Edge may not be the safest yeah Cortana can you imagine if Windows let you swap out the, the virtual assistant well what what about with smartphones too like
1: Google Assistant or Siri is that looking at
0: you Bixby
1: <laughs>
0: yeah I would like to have some kind of customizability And I think you could get the assistant app on iPhone if I'm remembering because I think I tried that out it was terrible you can't remap the siri button like the hardware shortcut right like i I can't remap siri to i can't remap it to the google assistant or to bixby god forbid if i ever did that (laughs) um same with a samsung device where you can't take that dedicated bixby button and remap it to the google assistant or burn it in a fire (laughs) yeah yeah you can't do that either (laughs) I actually liked how um, there were some articles about the Galaxy phones. Where if, if you pull that button out and you cut off the part of the button that gives it the contact with the sensor, it grew into then, another phone, and then you push it back. <laughs> yeah, it grows. The, um, and you stick that into a computer, it turns into Jarvis. Now, if you um, if you stick that button back in after you cut that contact lead off, it becomes flush with the panel of the phone, so you don't have to worry about having that button anymore. <laughs> Well, so that's one way to go about it. Just casually break your... If they're not going to let you fix it, then just hide it. Pretend it never happened. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, I think unless you had something else you wanted to get into, I think that brings us quite cleanly to the end of the show.
1: Yeah, I'm good with that. I think it was a, a very Google-heavy show, but I'm okay with that. Um, yeah. A little bit of a casual back and forth this week. We do hope you enjoyed your time with us.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Thank you everybody who is bearing with us in the weird schedule that is fall 2018. Uh, we've all kind of been on some crazy schedules, urban traveling. We, he almost joined the show from the international airport (laughs) in LA. That would have been interesting. Um, and just with everything going on. So, we do hope to get back to a more regular schedule, but definitely follow up with us on Twitter um, for more information when it comes down to when the show times are going to happen. Um, we try to do Monday, but it's usually Monday or Tuesday. Um, and it's usually a nighttime show uh, because we're working adults and we have full time jobs. <laughs> adults in air uh,
1: quotes sometimes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Just sometimes, but, um, for those of you who do want to follow up with us and you don't know where, and you're listening to us, uh, on a friend's device, um, our primary account, you can find that, um, on Twitch and pretty much on any of our platforms at industry 4.0 all spelled out other ways. If you just type in industry 4.0, you will find us, um, looking for that iconic logo that we have, um. If you want to have a conversation with us, we are posters to Twitter fairly frequently. Um, We occasionally post to Facebook. It's mostly just the the automated show posting that occurs there. Um, But we do keep an eye on it. So if someone were to reach out to us via message, we could definitely get in touch with you guys that way. Um, That being said, also, if you wanted to drop us a review, feel free to leave one at bit.ly/i4o review. Um and yeah, uh if you want to listen to us after the fact, we're available everywhere. I, I don't know where else to how else to describe that. Yeah. We're available everywhere. It's um, called the internet. Look, look it up. <laughs> yeah, we, if you if you have a Google Home or an Echo, you can tell them to play the latest episode of Industry 4.0 and it will work. And so, it's really cool. Yeah, we're available everywhere. So, yeah. um But yeah, with that being said, uh, this has been, I still can't believe it's been episode 72 and we'll see you guys in the next one.